is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Let me add my welcome to John's. If you're visiting us particularly this morning, it's great to have you with us. Uh, my name's Graham. I lead the team that leads Jubilee. And uh, the real reason you can tell it's a summer Sunday is they let me play my guitar in August. <laughs> but it also means I've got very little voice to preach with. So um, it will be shorter if for no other reason than I'm running out of voice. So, um, so there you go. Oh, I got, I got, oh, who is that? Thank you. Thank you. Somebody's sympathetic. That's great. <clears throat> John was mentioning... Uh, one of the outreaches we're doing in the city centre in a few weeks' time. We will be inviting people to a comedy night that we're doing on the 27th of September. It's a free evening. We've got a great uh, comic by the name of Andy Kind uh, coming from Manchester to be with us for the evening. Um, we're using this event... Oh, there it is. How about that? We're using this event uh, as a, a launch for our Autumn Alpha course and uh, we'll be giving out a whole bunch of these flyers after the meeting as you leave. Um, but can we encourage you to be thinking about who you might want to invite to this? I would love us to pack out the spot on the 27th of September. It'll be a great night for us as a church. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a great evening. But listen, why not invite someone that doesn't know Jesus yet? So it's going to be a really good, fun evening. And uh, during the evening, we'll also mention Alpha and invite people to the Alpha course if they'd like to explore a little bit about what it means to follow Jesus and to answer some of the great questions of life. So it's going to be a fun evening, a little bit about Alpha as well. It's free, but you do need to book in. Okay, so it's free, but you do need tickets. So you can book tickets online or by phoning the office. The details are on the flyer. You can take as many as you like of these. If you want to leaflet your road or your office, or, or invite a whole bunch of friends, then you can do that. It's a 7.30 start, doors open at, uh, at 7. Uh, it's going to be a great evening. So please be praying about it, and uh, please be inviting people over the summer weeks um, to that on the 27th of September. Okay, so we're continuing our series through the Gospel of Luke. So if you've got a Bible with you, if you'd like to turn, please, to Luke chapter 21. <clears throat> the silence of scrolling to that passage for those of you who are on electronic devices and a little bit of a rustling for those that you are old school like me proper Bible you see you can't flop an iPad can you like that you see you know, you need it. <laughs> we could try I suppose <laughs> ok Luke chapter 21 we're going to read from verse 5 some of Jesus' disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, When will these things happen? And what will be the sign they are about to take place? He replied, Watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, Nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. 
There will be great earthquakes, famines and pestilence in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to synagogues and prisons and you will be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. This will result in your being witnesses to them. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me. But not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm you will gain life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that, in its, des- that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out and let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment and fulfilment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, moon and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at a fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with with dissipation, drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Each day Jesus was teaching at the temple and each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to hear him at the temple. We're not going to go through the passage verse by verse this morning, but I want to pick up three big themes that Jesus talks about uh, in the passage here that Luke has recorded for us. We're going to look at Jesus' command to be alert and ready. We're going to look at his uh, warning not to expect it easy. And we're going to look at Jesus' command, don't worry. Okay, that's where we're going this morning. And uh, we'll see what God has for us. So let's pray and then we'll look at these things together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence here. Lord, we thank you for speaking to us already this morning. And we thank you for your word. Lord, we love your word. We love to to read it and encounter you in it. And Lord, as we spend these moments together looking at this passage, we pray, Lord Jesus, would you come and be our teacher by your spirit? Would you help us to understand what we've read? Would you help us, Holy Spirit, to apply it to our lives? That we may take note of your instructions and commands to us. That we might be obedient to you and receive freshly from your spirit this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. Okay, so let's start off then. Jesus commands to be alert and ready. So Jesus says, doesn't he, in verse uh, 34, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly, like a trap. He goes on, Be always on the watch. Jesus is saying to us, you need to be ready. You need to be watchful. Paul put it like this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He said, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Nobody expects a thief in the night. It's unexpected. You don't plan for it. You don't expect it when it happens. And Jesus is saying that that day when he's going to return will come upon you like that. Jesus is saying here, be ready, be alert. Paul says, watch out. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So the Bible is very, very clear. Be ready. Turn to the person next to you and say, be ready. Be ready is what the Bible will say to us about this. Jesus told other, other parables about this as well. Matthew 25 would be one example. And the point he's making time and time again is be ready. Be alert. Be expectant. Too often, Christians fall into one of two camps when it comes to things about Jesus' return and the end of time. The first camp really have their head buried in the sand. You might call them ostrich-like, if you like. They've got their head buried in the sand. They're not thinking about it. They're not very ready at all. And they're not expecting Jesus to come back anytime soon. And they've got their head buried in the sand. They're living perhaps in a way that uh, honours God or maybe doesn't honour him. But they're certainly not watchful and they're certainly not ready and alert. And Jesus was pretty clear. Those people are going to get caught out. Paul was pretty clear. Those people are going to get caught out like a thief in the night comes on you unexpectedly. So if that's you, if you're you know, so not aware of Jesus' return and his coming back, his coming again, then watch out. Watch out. You could get caught out. But if that's at one end of the spectrum, they'd be over there somewhere. Way over the other end of the spectrum, way past the dividing wall there perhaps, are people who are so consumed and uh, so aware of Jesus' return that really they've taken it far too far. Because they're looking so much for his imminent return that every news story that happens every morning, they get their paper and try and apply every news story to a Bible passage. And, oh, it must mean this and it must mean that. And they start to twist things and get so caught up in it that they forget the rest of Jesus' command to be obedient to him and to preach the gospel and to heal the sick. And tell people about the kingdom of God. Because they're so consumed about Jesus' return. They discuss it and deliberate it. You know, who's the Antichrist? And you might insert your 
favourite world leader of choice. Though I'm not favourite, but your, your chosen world leader of choice. At that moment, the Antichrist must be X, Y, Z. And try and twist it and apply it like that. Let me really be very clear. Both extremes are wrong. Both extremes are not what the Bible says to us to do. Be prepared, Jesus would say, but don't be consumed. Be prepared, but don't be consumed by it. So what does it mean to be prepared? Well, it means to be ready. It means to be aware of the fact that Jesus is going to return. The Bible is really clear about that. You can be sure it's going to happen. Jesus will return. So being prepared means to live in the light of that, to be ready, to expect that, to live every day as though Jesus could come back any time. So to live every day in such a way that really honours Jesus. And if you've got a whole bunch of people around you that don't know him yet, then you're thinking, well, you know what? Jesus could return at any time. I want to look for opportunities to share something of my faith with my friends and look for opportunities to talk about the love and the grace of the Lord Jesus. Being prepared means living in such a way that honours him, that if Jesus were to return right now, you'd be living in a way that honoured him, and that he would say to you, well done, good and faithful servant, well done. You're living in a way that that honours me. So let me ask you a question. Are you in either of the extreme camps? Or are you prepared but not consumed? Jesus would say to us this morning, be ready, be prepared, be alert, but don't be consumed. Don't be consumed by it either. You see, there will be things that will distract you in your following of Jesus. Of that you can be sure. There will be things that will come along in life that will seek to distract you from following Jesus and having him in the primary place of your life. Now it may be that these things that come along in and of themselves aren't necessarily evil. But Satan can use them to distract you from the things that are really important. Jesus told some parables about these sort of things as well. Maybe you recall it. He told a story about a farmer sowing some seed and the seed would land in different sorts of soil and some of the seed, got, as it started to grow, got choked up. And Jesus was saying, sometimes when people receive the gospel in their life, other things can crowd in and choke the life out that was there. Other things can distract people and get in the way. Jesus says in Luke 21, 34, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Are you weighed down with anxieties of life? Are you other things coming in to distract you? You need to be careful. It's so easy to be taken up with the the here and now. There's so much going on in our lives, isn't there? There's deadlines to meet, there's bills to pay, there's children to raise, there's grass to cut. 
There's lots of things to do, isn't there? You know, if you're anything like me, your to-do list is that long and longer. And you think, oh, there's just so much to do. And they're all good things. It's not, they're not evil things. Apart from the grass cutting. That's they're not bad things. But lots of stuff can come at us. And if we're not careful, it can distract us from following Jesus and being true to what he has for us. So be careful, Jesus would say. Are you ready? Don't ignore it. Don't be obsessed by it. But be ready. Watch and pray. Part of this is also being aware, Jesus says, that there will be those who will come and say, I am he. Follow me. What did Jesus say here? He said, watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, claiming I'm he, and the time is near. What does Jesus say? Do not follow them. Pretty clear, isn't it? Do you notice Jesus says, watch out, you're not deceived, for many will come. We should expect there to be those who come and say, I'm he, follow me. And try and distract us from really being faithful to Jesus. So we need to be aware of it. This is how cults have started over the years, isn't it? People have come and said, I'm he, follow me. Or they've said, I've got the extra revelation that wasn't included in the Bible. Here's some extra bits you really need to know. And you need to follow that. What does Jesus say? No. Watch out. Be aware that's going to happen And don't just follow anyone. There will be plenty of people claiming to be a great prophet or worse, claiming to be Jesus himself returning. Listen, unless it's Jesus returning in a cloud in great power and glory, it is not him. So the Bible says it's really clear. Unless unless it's Jesus returning in great power, great glory... It's someone trying to deceive you. So watch out. If it's that person, they are not the Messiah. If you know certain films, you could insert certain lines after that, if you so wished. But seriously, there have always been people claiming to be the Messiah, claiming to be the Son of God. It's always happened. There were people in Jesus' time who are claiming that. There have been people subsequently who have claimed that. We need to be careful to make sure we're not deluded. To be careful that we're not taken in. So there will be those who will come and try to deceive. And worse, there will be those who rise up from within the church, not necessarily saying this church, but the broader church, rise up from within it, trying to deceive people. Wolves in sheep's clothing, you might say. Jesus was clear. Watch out that you're not deceived, for many will come in my name. Watch out. It's one of the reasons that preaching the Bible is so important. Because this is our plumb line. This is the word of God that is true. God says it to be so. So if anybody comes saying, well, I've got an extra message. It doesn't quite tie up with what's in here, but, you know, it's the latest thing. God's just given it to me. Reject it. 
rejects it. I'm really keen that you, and I, when it's not me preaching, go home and look at the passages we've looked at. Read it through. Read it for yourself. Allow God to speak to you. We need to know this book and to read it and allow God to speak to us in order that when people come and bring a message that we think, that doesn't quite sound right. We've got a strong and firm plumb line that we can hold up and say, doesn't match what God has said already. And we can only do that if we know this book and if we know the God of this book. So what would Jesus say? Watch out. Watch out. Before we move on, let me just mention verse 32, because it's a confusing one. If you've got your Bible uh, open there, just, uh, just turn to it with me. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, is verse 32 of Luke 21. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. What does Jesus mean there when he says, I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. What does Jesus mean there? Well, there are a number of answers that we could, we could go to on this. It could be that Jesus is referring to the destruction of the temple, which we know happened in AD 70. And if that's the case, if that's what Jesus is referring to then, then he's right. That's, that's how it is. That generation that were hearing his words there and then wouldn't have passed away before the temple was destroyed in AD 70. Commentators say it could mean that. It could mean that Jesus is referring to the ongoing existence of the Jewish people until the time of Jesus' return. It could mean that. The other thing that commentators say it could mean is that the generation living at that time when Jesus is going to return will see all these things happen and won't pass away until they, they have done. What it can't mean, just to be really clear about this, what it can't mean is that the particular generation of people that were listening to Jesus on that day were still physically going to be alive when he was going to return. We know it can't mean that because... They've died and Jesus hasn't returned yet. So we need to say, what does it mean? Jesus didn't get it wrong. It's not that he was mistaken. It's not that some words slipped out that he hadn't quite run past his father and uh, got it a bit wrong. No, no, it can't be that. So what does it mean? Actually, I think it probably means all three things. It's true the temple was destroyed in AD 70. We know that from history. It's true that uh, we can see in Scripture that the uh, Jewish people are still going to be in existence when, uh, when Jesus returns. And uh, we could say as well that you could read it that that generation at the end of time are going to see those things before Jesus returns. So I think it's all three. I think it's probably all three. But what it can't mean is that the people alive there and then we're going to be somehow given extra grace of uh, 2,000 plus years to still be alive when Jesus was going to return. We don't know when that is going to be. We haven't seen anybody wandering around that has, you know, is that sort of age looking around this morning? No, nobody quite, nobody close to it. There we are. That's been diplomatic. So it can't mean that. What else is it? What else is this passage saying to us? Well, Jesus would say this to us don't expect it easy. Don't expect it easy. Maybe if you're taking notes this morning, you should write that one down. 
Don't expect it easy. Jesus tells us in verse 12 that we will be persecuted and not to expect an easy life. And the reason that I said if you're taking notes, maybe it's a good thing to write down, is that because too often we can package the Christian gospel in such a way that sounds like, come to Jesus and all your problems will be solved. Now the Bible doesn't say that. And I'm not sure that we say it either. But somehow we can communicate it in such a way that it sounds like, come to Jesus and everything will be rosy. What does Jesus say? Follow me and you'll be persecuted. That's what he says. Follow me and you'll be persecuted. The Bible commands us to follow him. And the Bible expects it to be tough. The Bible expects it to be tough. There will be opposition. There will be difficulty. There will be persecution. And if you don't get those things, then friends... You're in the minority, and be grateful for that. But Jesus says, listen, it's going to be difficult, it's going to be tough. We need to remind ourselves of these things. And the reason that we need to remind ourselves of these things is that we need to be prepared. So when it happens, and when you're persecuted, excuse me, or when things are going tough for you, you're not surprised. If we don't talk about it like this, these things can happen and we're surprised, we're taken, by, we're taken back. Like, goodness me, it's difficult following Jesus. Yes. Goodness me, I, I've been persecuted, it feels like at work. Yes. Be prepared. We need to expect it not to be easy. And if we expect it not to be easy, and if we're prepared, when trials and difficulties come, we're thinking, yeah, that's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. And we're ready for it and we expect it. The trouble is if we don't talk about it, these things can take us by surprise and can knock us off course. We can be so shocked by the fact that it's difficult that we, you know, we back off from following Jesus. That's not what he wants. He wants us to be prepared, be ready, be alert and to expect that persecution is going to come. It's not something we talk of much in the UK, is it? If we were in a different nation right now, persecution would be way up our agenda of something that we'll be talking about. It would be a living thing and very, very real to us. But in the UK, at least at the moment, it's probably not big on our agenda. It's true that there were more people martyred in the 20th century alone for their Christian faith than in the previous 1900 years of Christian history. And I don't think things have changed since the millennium either. Around the world, this is a big topic. People are being persecuted, suffering for their faith in Jesus every single day. And just in case you think this subject isn't relevant to the UK, let me share with you a story that happened last month in July in south-west London. An American street preacher was preaching on the streets of south-west London. He received some abuse from passers-by, and the police were called. And in the end, it was him that was arrested for a public order offence. His offence was preaching what the Bible said about some issues of sexuality. And whilst we might be a little uncomfortable with his style, and might say, well, I'm not sure I would have started there, the content was accurate. 
is biblical. He got arrested. He got put in police cells for seven hours before being released. My guess is, and my assumption and my prediction, is that things like that are going to increase. Let's not be surprised. Following Jesus is not always easy. More often than not, it's tough. Jesus says, follow me, follow me and don't expect it to be easy. That's not to say it's not going to be full of joy. Because Jesus does say that his grace is sufficient. The Bible does teach us that the Holy Spirit comes to us and helps us in our hour of need. And in those moments, God will come to us and give grace for what we need in following him. The Bible also says this, do not worry, do not worry. This is another good one. Turn to the person next to you and say, do not worry, do not worry. Time and again, the Bible exhorts us not to fear, not to worry, not to be frightened. The list is huge. We could spend all morning going through every Bible verse if you weren't convinced. But trust me, time and again, the Bible commands us not to worry, not to be fearful. And even here, Jesus is very, very clear. Do not worry. Do not be frightened. And one of the reasons that Jesus is telling us this is so that when these things happen, we won't be surprised that we will be expecting these things to happen. There will be earthquakes, famines, wars. Does this sound familiar? Jesus says, don't worry. Don't worry. Matthew 6, 27, Jesus says, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No, is the answer that he's expecting, just to be really clear about it. But Jesus is also specific here. He says that if you're brought before authorities to give an account of your faith, then Jesus says this to you. Make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Jesus says you'll know what to say. In that moment, you'll know what to say. It's interesting, David's prophetic song of earlier in our worship picked up this thing and uh, was talking about that, about um, Jesus giving us the, the words in that moment. It's right, isn't it? I, was, I couldn't write it down because I was trying to strum at the same time thinking, oh, I need to write this down. <laughs> isn't it good? During our worship, there's this prophetic song that encouraged us not to fear or not to worry what we'd say in that moment because God would come to us and give us the words. And it's the same passage that we're preaching on, looking at this morning. Listen, for some of you here this morning, I believe you need to hear this. The fact we had it in worship and it's in the passage we're looking at, I think God's saying something to us. Would you agree? I can be a bit thick about this sometimes. I can be a bit slow to see it. I would suggest to us that God is saying to us this morning clearly for some of you here this is going to be very very relevant in those moments don't worry about what you're going to say because Jesus will come to you and give you the words that you need now it's not an excuse not to study 
Okay? You can't take this and say, well, I don't need to read my Bible anymore because Jesus will give me the words. Actually, I'd suggest what is probably going to happen is that the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance Scripture and what God has said already in his word. So it is a reason to study and to learn the Bible and to understand it and read it frequently. It is a promise that Jesus will come to you when you need it. His grace will be sufficient. He will come to you by his spirit and give you the words to say. There is supernatural grace available when you need it. Jesus would say, do not worry. Do not worry. So, let's wrap up. Let's conclude before my voice disappears completely. Jesus will return. Amen, indeed. Jesus will return. Amen. It is going to happen. The Bible is really clear about it. Do not be in any doubt whatsoever that somehow you've missed it or it hasn't happened or won't happen. Jesus will return. You can be sure about that. And Jesus says to us, watch, pray, be alert, be ready, be expectant. Don't be consumed by it. Don't be trying to twist every news story to fit into your understanding of the end times. There's lots about the end times in scripture and uh, we can read it and we can think, oh gosh, what's, what's the Bible saying there? I'd love us to preach through Revelation. I'm hoping we will do uh, to some point in the not too distant future. But somehow, sometimes we can get so uh, concerned about nailing things down to a specific time and order and dates and we can miss the point that the Bible is trying to encourage us to have faith in Jesus, to believe him and to know that he wins in the end. He will return and he wins in the end. And Jesus would encourage us this morning to be ready, to be expectant, to expect persecution and challenges, but not to be worried. Amen? Let's stand together and uh, I'll pray as we close. I think I've stayed true to time and had a, we had a slightly shorter message this morning. These uh, Sundays through the summer we're going to finish uh, a little bit early, give you plenty of time to get out, enjoy the weather, uh, get to picnics and uh, other such things. And trust that time blesses you. It also serves our, our kids' team as well as they look after our children. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. Lord, we want to receive it this morning. And uh, Lord, we want to be ready. We want to be expectant. We want you, Lord, to be glorified in every part of our life. And Lord, we want you to be honoured in the way that we live. We want you to be glorified in the way that we um, speak and, and live, Lord. And we want to be ready and expectant, watchful and alert. So, Lord, I pray for us this morning. Lord, I want to pray for Jubilee Church that we would not be taken in by any false teaching, or anything that will come and try and distract us, Lord, from the, uh, following you and being faithful to you. Lord, I pray we'd know our Bibles well. 
Lord, I pray that we would learn them and you would speak to us and teach us. And Lord, we would be watchful and we would be alert and we would learn, Lord, to test what we hear against Scripture. Lord, in this day of so many messages, Lord, in this day of so many Christian TV stations or radio stations or internet channels, Lord, help us to test what we hear against your word. Lord, we not be taken in by false teaching or false prophets. Protect us, Lord. I'll ask you that this morning. Protect us. And Lord, I pray that we'll be ready for any form of persecution or challenge that would come to us. Lord, would we not be surprised by it? Would it not blow us off course? Would it not stop us from following you? Lord, I want to pray for every person in Jubilee. Lord, I ask you, please, keep us faithful to you, Lord. Even when times are difficult, when there's challenges, maybe when there is persecution, Lord, keep us faithful to you, Lord. Keep us close to you. In those times, help us to worship you and to love you and to receive fresh grace from your Spirit. And Lord, help us not to be worried, not to be concerned, not to be frightened or dismayed, but Lord, to honour and to love you in every situation and every circumstance. Father, we thank you for your presence with us this morning. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for, for drawing us close to you. We pray, Lord, go with us this week, Lord, as we seek to live lives that honour you and love you. Help us in everything we do to glorify you, to put you first, and to extend your kingdom in this city and beyond. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Have a great week. And look forward to seeing you next Sunday here at 10 o'clock. Don't forget to take the Alpha invitations. They'll be given out as you leave. Take as many as you can use. And it's been inviting a whole bunch of people to that on the 27th of September. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.